You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Berberich. You know what they say, folks, all good things must come to an end. And after several months of insightful conversations with some of the most influential marketers in the industry, today is the last episode of our Masters of Brand Masters series, recorded on site at the 2023 ANA Brand Masters Conference in Bonita Springs, Florida. My guests today are a dynamic duo who were tasked with bringing an iconic brand mascot into modern times. We're talking Ernie, the original Keebler elf, with Alicia Mosley of Keebler and Jason Katz of Advantage Unified Commerce. Alicia and Jason discussed how they manage such a valuable piece of IP, including allowing fans to play with the concept while still maintaining governance over their mascot. Finally, we discussed how brands can think strategically about living at the intersection of culture and commerce. All right, everybody, we are still keeping it rolling here in Bonita Springs, Florida at the ANA Brand Masters Conference. Uh, I have a fantastic episode for you today. I'm super excited, so let's jump right in. We have Alicia Mosley, Vice President of Marketing for the Keebler Brand at Ferrero, and Jason Katz, Vice President of Strategic Planning at Advantage Unified Commerce. Alicia, Jason, thank you so much for being here on the pod. It's great to be here. Great to be here, Michael. Thank you. So we are going to jump right in. Uh, this, this week has been a really great week for my nostalgia. I got to talk to the people at Crayola. I got to talk about the Pizza Hut Land Before Time thing. And now we're going right back to my childhood and talking about an iconic brand mascot. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's level set for our listeners first. Could you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how your journeys led you to Keebler and Advantage Unified Commerce, respectively? Absolutely, Mike. So um, thank you again for having me. I'm a longtime passionate marketer, and I've spent over 15 years in the meat industry, and I decided to take a turn to the sweeter side of life. And that's when I joined Ferrero, leading the Keebler brand in the cookies category. So I spent the last two and a half years rebuilding the Keebler brand and uh, post-acquisition from the prior owner. It's been an exciting journey, living through the pandemic as people are pantry loading. Working on this iconic brand, it has uh, been great to hear consumers talk about their journey growing up with the brand. So it's been great to hear them relive and retell the stories that's really helped infuse some of the ideas and thoughts that we have about bringing this brand into uh, more modern times. As it pertains to working with Advantage Unified Commerce, I worked with them in a prior company. And as we were looking for a new omnicommerce agency, I thought, what better way than to bring someone that you know to the, to the table to help you build on some great foundations of an iconic brand. So with that, I'll turn it over to Jason, who's been my partner in crime over the last uh, year as we've been working magic on the Keebler brand. Love it. Thank you, uh, Mike, again. And thanks, Alicia. I love our partnership. So I've been really fortunate in my career. So I've worked uh, on the agency side for more than 25 years and gotten to work with amazing brands, amazing retailers on all things commerce. 
And I really love a challenge, right? And I really love to help brands evolve. And for me personally, Keebler just evokes so many memories um, growing up and it's, it kind of morphs to these personal experiences now as a parent, you know, and relatability. Um, but fudge sticks is my favorite cookie of all time. And Alicia, I, I think I'm responsible for driving our share gains at Stop and Shop personally every week. Keep it going. <laughs> Keep it going. Um, so when I had the opportunity to work on one of my favorite brands of all times, when, uh, when we won the business, it really was magical. And I kind of felt like a kid because I was like, oh, 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 I want to work on that. Oh, 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 big me. So I really did jump at it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, when the passion's just there, when you show up and the passion's just there, yeah. it kind of makes everything after that a lot easier. Um, so yesterday, you two took the stage, captured minds and hearts everywhere at A&A's Brand Masters Conference to discuss the evolution of Ernie, the original Keebler elf. Uh, Alicia, what does Ernie mean to the Keebler brand? And Jason, I know you just kind of went into it a little bit, but what was the mindset of kind of going into work on such an iconic character? So first I'll say that there's no better brand ambassador than Ernie. He is Keebler. And so when you think about what the brand stands for in terms of magic and fun, Ernie brings that in spades. And so him along with the other elves are what we call the purveyors of bringing magic to consumers' lives. So what would normally be just an ordinary day, they're able to shine a little bit brighter light, a little bit magic into consumers' lives. And so when you think about the Keebler brand, people always remember Ernie. That's what, and the elves, the hollow tree, there's some iconic distinctiveness in those assets that we have. And so we're really trying to harness that and really nurture that. And so when you think about you know, Ernie as the, the, the chief elf or the head elf. And this is what consumers play back to us. We want to make sure that we're, we're keeping it real for the consumer from what they remember yesterday as we bring it into present, as you bring him into present day. Love that. Jason, what is it? I know the excitement was there, but what was the like strategic mindset? What was the approach? As I was so excited to work with Ernie, um, it was a pinch me moment, but, but it's also okay, you're working with one of the most iconic brands yes. of all time. So it's like no pressure. Um, so my mindset, um, and Alicia just talked about being real, being authentic, and we really needed to get that right. So my mindset is we needed to go deeper on insights, right? Mm -hmm. What was the real problem that we could solve for moms? And how far could we, should we push the brand? You know, we talked a lot about striking this balance between staying true to who you are and evolving culturally. So what, you know, really doing the research, taking the time to really, really understand the chief memory officer and what would resonate best. Yes. So actually, let's go into that a little bit because this is just absolutely precious IP and avoiding missteps has to be a top priority for the brand. So how do you balance evolving that character with the times while preserving what made it special for so many years. I know that it was devel developing insights. What were some of these insights that kind of helped you anchor the brand and push it forward? What a great question, because a lot of times people feel that you have to change for the sake of changing because you're re-entering. You've been quiet for a while and people think I need to change. When you think about an IP, it's IP for a reason and you have to nurture that. 
So what we know in today's times to be culturally relevant, you have to evolve with the times. However, you have to straight stay true to your brand roots. And that's what I talked about yesterday is making sure is one of the principles for an enduring brand is making sure that you stay true to your roots. Don't veer too far because you will lose the consumer on that journey if you go too far. So our balance with Ernie is making sure he shows up in places or situations that are relatable in consumers' lives today while maintaining the essence of who he is, but to modernize him in a way of what's happening in current times. An example I'll use that we showed yesterday is the evolution of the two female elves, Ella and Joy. The look of them were very much dated, almost 1950s. So we took some inspiration from Instagram, looking at people and how they're showing up and how other characters are, are modernizing and just gave them just a little bit of a modern twist. They're still elves, but at the same time, putting them in clothing that's more relatable for young girls today. The African-American elf, um, Joy, we gave her a little coil and texture to her hair. Ella, we gave her a jumpsuit that had a little texture of denim and rolled up the, the jeans just to give her a more modern look. And so when you think about IP, we did not touch Ernie mm-hmm. because that's when you get into trouble. You have to make sure that your distinctive assets, your lead distinctive asset, should still be what people remember. If you veer too far, what happened to my beloved character? Absolutely. Or he doesn't look the same. Mm-hmm. And the important thing is you're going from generation to generation. You want to pass on that memory is making sure that you can talk through some of the things you remember about that character and it still can ring true for you. And I think one thing that, and you just, it just occurred to me as you were talking uh, initially about the Keebler brand, that it really goes beyond just Ernie as the mascot. There's like a little world, that hollow tree and that forest around it. It's a world. And being that it's a world, you can introduce new characters and kind of push through the modernity in that way. Introducing new characters. We have a whole cadre of elves there's, they've got a, they have a story to tell. All the magic happens in the hollow tree. So to your point, adding new elves, I think first as a brand, what we need to do is to just reconnect with consumers. Yes. Go from a functional place of the product and we're evolving to an emotional place in their heart and mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the place that we want to occupy. So before you start introducing new elves, we need to make sure that we can occupy and stay top of mind in their heart and mind then we can consider at some point in the future, is there a role for other elves? But we have a whole slew of elves that we can always storytell around. I love it. I love, like when strategy is this much fun, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's a, I'm, I'm jealous of both of you because this sounds just like such a great thing because you can actually still keep applying the business and like doing this like it's any other thing, but you have a world of magic to work with. And that's just super, super, super. what makes us great. It's what makes us fun. It's what makes us different. We were uh, yesterday just kind of, because we were both feverishly writing down ideas because we were so inspired. But you even think of, of course, there's business KPIs, right? Driving penetration, sell in, sell through. But what if we could set a KPI for the number of magical moments that we could give to chief memory officers in a year? So it, it really is that type of, you know, like fun, like you just love working on it. But avoiding missteps for us, I think, is I don't know, twofold. One, we can't do what we do as an agency without a tremendous partnership, right, from the brand. So and that's everything from the amazing job they do briefing us to 
we have really great challenge sessions evaluating the work and you know, we'll present a range, so I'm pushing a little bit too much and they have to rein us back in a little bit. But so I think that's the first thing that's essential. And then the second part for us, avoiding missteps. Um, so we created a custom panel for Keebler of 15,000 chief memory officers, where they shop, what they do for me time, favorite activities, those types of things. And we tap into them basically don't move without tapping into them. So the insights inform our strategy. We do concept testing for everything because with Open for Magic, we're constantly refreshing what's, you know, what's the magic behind each door. Um, so we're really kind of laser focused because again, we really have to get it right on such an iconic plan. If I could build on that, Jason, I think what we also aspire to do is move beyond the demographic of our chief memory officer and get into the psychographic and some of the softer things of what she's doing, what she's thinking, how is she engaging? What are those memories that are important to her? And we're not talking about Instagrammable moments, but we're talking about those ordinary moments and how we can just make them a little brighter. We know today people are living in a very uh, tough time. It's inflation, but how can we as a brand just bring a little bit of sparkle and magic whether it's at the grocery store and how could we maybe just pay the grocery bill. So mm -hmm. some, some ideas that we're kind of bubbling about is, you know, how can we do little acts of magic that really just demonstrate how the brand can be a little bright spot in what will be or otherwise an ordinary day. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, on, on the lighter mm -hmm. side of that, just a, an example, fun example of an insight. Um, it was obviously back to school timing is critical for the cookie category. And, so we asked a bunch of questions around that and we actually found proven fact that a cookie is five times more likely to put a smile on a kid's face when mom gives them a cookie than having no homework in a day. Wow, that is, that's, powerful. <laughs> that's a powerful cookie. That's, that's a powerful cookie. That, that is, absolutely. But guess what? There's no other brand that has such a variety that can put multiple smiles on a kid's face. Mm -hmm. Than Keebler, so. But I do love that finding magic in those little moments. I just like it. It's very clear that you understand the brand so much from its like magical kind of thing to where it fits in real life uh, situations. And so that's just a really great combination when you can kind of sprinkle a little magic, like you said, in a very in those moments well, that yeah, the little moments that mean in here mean everything. The Certified ANA Marketing Professional, or CAMP, program is a rigorous 35-hour online certification program developed specifically with the ANA marketer in mind. Covering the entire marketing process from brand strategy and activation to marketing implementation across digital and analytic platforms, CAMP represents the full spectrum of the marketing universe. To begin your certification, go to ANA.net slash CAMP Future. As brand characters enter pop culture, which I feel like Ernie is making his re-entry into the very kind of the, the, the upper echelons of uh, pop culture, but a measure of control is lost by the brand. So how does Keebler maintain a certain amount of governance while also letting its fans celebrate and play with the character? There's a couple different ways you could approach that question. And what I'd say is, number one, we know that we live in an environment where 
brand control has to be delicately balanced, as you've mentioned. You want to be authentic. Pop culture can take a life of its own. So at Keebler, we enjoy seeing how consumers celebrate the brand, but we also know that we need to show up just as much as the consumers are so we can have and maintain that control. If you do nothing, then the consumer has a lot of control over how you're showing up. But when you start to show up and you're doing your paid assets, then your voice can speak because consumers don't have the same buying power in media. They do have the virability, if you will, to spread, but you also have to stay top of mind through your paid channels. So I think it's a, a nice balance between what I would say is you know paid and earned, but also keeping a very close eye to the ground and ear to the ground of what you're hearing and doing social listening so that you can understand what conversations are being had around your brand. And so we have some great partners that help us do that. So that's how you maintain control uh, in pop culture is making sure that you're listening, number one. Number two, that you are also out there promoting your brand as much as consumers are talking and celebrating you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I forget I was just talking to brilliant marketers all day yesterday, but at some point uh, we came upon the thing, if you're not telling your story, somebody else would be more than happy to do it for you. Absolutely. So very well said. Thank, Thank you, Alicia. You. Jason, you've worked with a lot of great brands. You're obviously doing very exciting work. So I wanted to get your perspective on, on behalf of our, all the brands who are listening right now, how should brands think strategically about living at the intersection of culture and commerce? Because I think that it's great. I mean, all of this is incredible, but if it wasn't affecting the business, what are we doing here? But so how do you do that? How do you get to where uh, Keebler is right now, where culture and commerce are, are right there? Yeah, Mike, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Um, so you know, I spent a large part of my career you know, kind of focused on, and, and I think brands have to do this first, right? You, you have to get your house in order before you can invi invite people in. <laughs> Absolutely. So getting your commerce fundamentals right, whether it be search rankings or your PDP content or making sure you have proper attribution models. But what I was so inspired with the last couple of days is that leading brands are going beyond uh, just commerce fundamentals. They're going beyond just bottom of the funnel, but it's, you know, it's a full experience. And so for me, it's really more of a philosophy that commerce really is the ultimate canvas for culture and vice versa, because you do have an opportunity to drive sales, secure displays, but also build the brand as well. And in doing so, the brand plays a bigger role in people's lives. And I, so I think that there is a real evolution beyond block and tackle for, for commerce. Yeah, and I think that opportunity has just been emphasized in the last three or four years. The trust in institutions is at an all-time low, and brands have this opportunity to step in beyond just providing a solution for a problem. I mean, it's, it can really, to make a, a change on a cultural societal level, it's always had the opportunity, but I don't think it's ever been more, I don't think consumers have ever been more ready for it than they are right now. So very well said. Uh, before we kind of pivot and turn to the questions that we ask all of our guests, uh, if people are as excited as I am about Ernie's kind of return to the spotlight, how can we keep up with the two of you, with Keebler, and with Advantage Unified Commerce? So always, you know, through social, 
That's mm -hmm. obviously one way. You can also check us out on our website. And I would say stay tuned as in June, we will have a nice little hub where you can hear all things about Keebler, Ernie, and what's going on. Um, and as a little teaser. Oh, we just, love it. Just, just wait. It'll be open for magic. Oh, my goodness. We love a good scoop. Thank you. Got it. Uh, Mike, for me, um, yeah, as you can tell, I'm just a little passionate about this stuff. Just so, a tiny, just a scotch. So I love to talk about it. So I would just say, um, you know, reach out to me. Um, you have questions or you're thinking about you want to try something for your brand or whatever or just want to talk. That's number one. Um, two, through social channels, through LinkedIn, we do put out a fair amount of um, thought leadership. And then, uh, as Alicia said, open for magic. Um, we fully expect everybody to go and, um, and do selfies of themselves, uh, the AI generator. Um, and so, yeah, just look forward to more and just to meeting more people who really share the same passion. So, as I said, we ask these questions of all of our guests. This first one is open-ended by design. What are your thoughts on diversity, equity, and inclusion? That's a really loaded question. I'll start by saying that diversity, equity, inclusion has really bubbled to the surface as a overall social reckoning that has woven its way into business in a way that was necessary on all fronts. And I would say that it's not an initiative. I, I wish that people would get out of their mind that somehow it has to be an initiative. It's a way of doing business. And when I say a way of doing business, it should be in everything you do from top to the bottom, whether it's from your hiring practices to your supplier choices, to the people that you engage with, to how you even talk about your brand. It's not an initiative. It should just be seamless. And why we as a culture think that it's a bad thing if you talk DE&I, that it has to be something bigger than what it is. Businesses need diversity, equity, and inclusion to succeed nonstop, period. There's so, and diversity isn't just race and gender. Let's be clear. It's experiences. It's educational background. It's, it's everything in terms of what we do. It's the industries that you engage in. So I would wish that people would not think of it in such a myopic viewpoint, but open the aperture about what it means and the power that it can unlock in a business. So, so it's a very loaded question. I'm not quite sure if we want to unpack that here this morning, but I would just encourage people to think of diversity, equity, inclusion as a way of doing business and not as a short-term program or initiative. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it's air. It's, it is. It's not it is. a discussion. It is. It's it reality. Is. It's it like is. discussing gravity. You know what I mean? It's like, sorry, Jason. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to build on that response. Uh, Alicia, <laughs> she really Another nailed passion that. Another passion point. Um, but what's like so thrilling to me is how far it's come. There's still a ways to go so fast because really wasn't that long ago where brands were first deciding, oh, I got to do something for Black History Month or I got to do something for, for Pride. And so for me, and Alicia said it so eloquently, DNI is not a check the box, right? It is pervasive. It has to be 
within every company's DNA, internally, externally. And people expect that of brands now, right? And that's not the main reason they should be doing it. They should be doing it because it's the right thing. So you guys have been crushing it so far, but this question gets some people tripped up and we'll see, we'll see uh, how you guys feel about this. I'm going to need an answer from both of you. Alicia. Yes. Alicia Mosley. That's me. Vice President of Marketing for the Keebler brand at Ferrero. What's your favorite album of all time and why? I know. It this is a tough question. I know. This is why I give this... them in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I had too many people crying on the podcast when we started. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. So when you say of all time, that's a big statement to say of all time. Absolutely. So for me, you know, there are a lot of albums that I like. And I, I struggled with this and I had mentioned something to Jason. And then I recanted that and I came back. And then I had to think about, like, what's going on in my life today? Because you can, you know, music just spans so much. But for me, it's, it's a very recent album, and it was a collaboration with Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Silk, oh, Silk Sonic, An Evening with Silk Sonic. And those two artists, I, I've listened to it on repeat, went to see them live in Vegas. <sighs> And why I really like that album, and I say of quote all time, what they've done is something so powerful. We've been talking about the iconicism of, of certain um, characters, but what they have been able to do is they've been able to recreate the look, the sound, and the vibes of the 60s R&B music with a modern contemporary flair. Watching their YouTube videos and how they have really brought that retro vibe into a modern era that resonates, it's so powerful. Uh, even their their concert performance provided that contemporary retro vibe with the costume changes, the backup singers, the set look, smoking out the window is one of my favorite songs. Yes. Just and I and you say all time that's a, that's a really lofty goal to say of all time. But for me, what they did was it's tapping into culture. I love you know they it. brought you know music today is different. And so what they've done is they've really tapped into what was so powerful in the 60s and brought it into, for, for R&B specifically, and, and brought that into modern times. I love that so much. There's, between the two of them, there is just so much talent, talent. production. They're, they're kind of like... They're artists. Yeah, they're the a lot form. like uh, Michael and Prince, where it's like, yes, they're yes. great on stage, yes, they're thing, but you don't know what's going on in that studio, the next level brilliant. So love that answer, and I'm... Just a little bit jealous that you got to see them live. But I'm going to breathe that out. I'm going to let that pass. <laughs> Jason, what's your favorite album of all time and why? Well, I'm going to go a little further back on this one. Um, and I'm going to give a hint and then pause before Ooh. I give the answer. So my hint is One Love. Oh, we do. We love it. We love it. So my favorite album of all time is Bob Marley, uh, The Wailers Legend. And so I've always been a huge reggae fan, and it's just such an amazing compilation. But we've been talking a lot about things that are timeless, right? That, mm -hmm. you know, it, no matter how many times you see them, in this case, listen to it, 
it still evokes the same emotion. It never gets old. And so not an easy choice, but I know I can't extend the podcast by an hour to give you like all my favorites, but um, tough one, but I would have to go with, with Bob Marley. It's really hard to go wrong there. Yeah. It's really hard to go wrong. Yeah. I feel like from like 12 to 14, I only listened to Legend. And like I was like always a music fan. And then I heard that for the first time. And I'm like, all right, so everything else is going to take a break for a few years because I am just this on repeat. So, well, like sometimes people accuse me of still acting like a 12 to 14 year old. <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> I think I'm still trying to get there on maturity level. So let's finish it up by bringing it up to the present. Is there something you're listening to today, whether it's an artist, a song, a podcast, a book, what's getting you excited right now? So I am a true crime addict. Absolutely. You're in good company. Yes. So most, most recent was Wednesday. Um, and so... Our flight was delayed coming out of um, JFK down to, uh, to Fort Myers. And lo and behold, was the Crime Junkies podcast on, <laughs> on Delta. And I, it was like I, like I clicked my shoes and I was in Fort Myers. It made four hours go by like that. So Crime Junkies, but really any true, true crime podcast or show for me. This is a tough one because I don't listen to anything specific but when i think about when i do have downtime or what motivates me whether it's uh, exercising or if i just want to rock out jam out right now i'm listening on on uh sirius xm radio i'm listening to the 90s and 2000s r&b and hip-hop station and it just takes you back to a place that you know what you were doing and how you were behaving good bad whatever indifferent but it's a, a genre that, that resonates me, resonates and motivates me. And so, you know, you think about the artists during the 90s and 2000s, just the music during that time. It, um, that's what I'm kind of listening to. And then if I want to really be inspired, motivated, Brene Brown always has some great, powerful podcasts that really help you think about the world differently, your place in the world, philosophies and, and behaviors and empowerment. And that's so, so strong for me uh, as a woman and being able to figure out how I can inspire other women that are entering into whether it's marketing or into the professional space. So I would say if I want just me time, it's all about, you know, R&B, 90s, 2000s, hip hop. If I want to be inspired and continue to to grow personally and professionally, it's Brene Brown. Love it. Absolutely love it. Alicia. Jason, I can't thank you enough for stopping by the podcast. This has been an incredible conversation, and it's been an absolute joy to have you on the Marketing Futures Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Futures Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next week where we get back on the AI Express with Wonderman Thompson's Jason Carmel. The Marketing Futures Podcast airs Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the podcast, shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ana.net. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, find what you need to future-proof your brand at ana.net slash futures. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.